0: And that doesn't mean like, oh, you must like princess things. I mean, I do like princess
1: things. (laughs) (laughs) She basically was like, don't worry, guys, I got this. Like, let me tell you what it's like to be a woman. And it's like, hang on. There's a lot of different female experiences in the
0: world. They're like, they're transgender because they're changing their gender. Gender is a social construct. It's created by people.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Social Discord, episode 11, part two of Whose Gender Is It Anyway? Perspectives from the Trans Community. As usual, I am your host, Dalen Turk.
1: I'm Kara Tebow.
3: And I'm Curtis Medina.
2: Now, before we head into this episode, we just want to cover some things that we talked about in the last one so we can get everyone's thoughts going, get everyone ready for this conversation that we're going to have today. So starting off with number one, biological sex and gender are two different things. Although we associate them closely in our current culture, there is no natural law that says you must be a man if assigned male at birth. You remain biologically male, but your gender is based on what you feel and how you want to represent yourself as based on your society's gender norms.
1: Yeah. And we say, you know, assigned sex at birth. So for example, AMAB, which is assigned male at birth or AFAB, which is assigned female at birth to describe the baby's sex organs assigned by a doctor or, you know, the chromosomes best associated with the sex. Um, So we say this rather than saying someone was born male or female or born a boy or girl. um, And it's done to kind of avoid giving someone dysphoria over constantly being told they were something at birth, but they've never felt that was true and they couldn't associate with it. Uh, It's definitely an incorrect assumption that somebody will want to be a man or a woman simply because they were assigned that way at birth. Transitioning is meant to correct a societal mistake in naming them, not to clash with religion or society.
3: And next up, uh, trans men and trans women, that's terminology that refers to the final destination of the transition and not where they started from, um, in case anyone out there is confused by that. Um, It's really dangerous to constantly remind somebody that they were something assigned at birth um, that they've transitioned away from rather than just calling them by what they know they are. Uh, Some people don't like the term, however, um, saying trans women, women, trans men, um, because it it does reveal that they have changed um, versus corrected something that was wrong to begin with.
2: You know, and some people go through sex transitions and some choose not to. Even more wish to be, even more wish to, but can't afford it or are really just unsure about it. It is not required to have a physical surgery for a trans person to change their gender, i.e. man or woman. In some people's eyes, physical surgery can only change one's sex from male to female, having nothing to do with their gender feeling or expression, i.e. how they present themselves to the world.
1: These are all pretty important things that we're talking about. And the purpose of this three-part series is to explore ideas and education with the assistance of those in the queer community. This is not meant to make a trans person prove their validity or worth to us or the at-home audience. And we want to make sure we're very clear about that.
3: Yeah. And that's really important because, um, you know, something I've, I've talked to with a lot of queer people um, about is that while they don't mind talking about the... Um, you know, the particulars of, of their experience, um, a lot of times it, what it turns into is a sort of like, you prove to me why you matter or the, Mm. why you exist. And so that, that, that last point to me is like the most important that when you're talking about this, you can be inquisitive, but you know, it's not about like, like, you know, trying to size somebody up. So, yeah. So, and so having gone through all that in the last episode that we talked about, um, all these, um, topics, which I hope that the audience goes back and listens to. Um, we're going to get right to our guest today. Her name is Holly Megan Scott. Um, they prefer she, her pronouns. Um, they're a sound editor, um, at Wayland Productions out in California. And we're so happy to have you, Holly.
0: Hi, hi everybody. How's it going? Curtis, I, I want to, um, I want to address something really quick that, that it's on the top of my mind that it just happened right, right now, as you were of okay. hey, important when it comes to pronouns. Um, I, you use, they, the, they, them pronouns for me, um, yeah. which is a very common thing because you, and when someone doesn't know the pronoun of somebody else, they use they, them as like a, a placeholder. Right. And yeah. so that's why people that are non-binary use that placeholder. But, um, I, I don't use them, <laughs> you know? So, so it, it's, it's one of those things, like every person, is, it, when they, when they offer their pronouns, like if I say I'm she, her, you can use them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, so like for, for a future uh, reference, if, if, uh, for you and it's not for everybody is like, if I, if they, if you know their pronouns, use them. That's issues? interesting. Yeah. You know,
3: and, and I knew that, but you know, the the thing I didn't yeah. understand until right now was that I thought they, them was something that you could interchange with any, pretty much any other kind like of like if, a if neutral went, if, pronoun. Yeah. If they went by, she, you know, she, her, he, him, um, that, that you could do that. I mean, I know, I understand that, you know, they, them is sort of a, is, is something that you fall back to if you don't prefer one of those. But I did all, I did think up to this point that was sort of like, uh, something you could say just in common speech, just as pretty much like, you know, what, uh, what you would hear normally, probably.
0: I, and some people, and this is the, every, every person is going to be different. Um, And I think that's something that we should, we should definitely address before we start is that every, even every trans person can be different in some things. Mm-hmm. Some trans people really do like the use of they, them to the point where like, they, they will, they will actually um, address their pronouns as she, they, or,
3: Oh, yeah. I hadn't heard that.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's like a, a split that you could use hmm. in terms of pronouns. Interesting. It gives you the okay to use either or some don't care. And they're like, call me, whatever, just call me, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. fine. um, but then those of us, cause I, I'm, I consider myself a binary trans woman. So I am a woman, I am a female. So, um, in my case, I don't really like the they, them because it's not gotcha. my, it's not my pronouns. It's not my mm-hmm. personality, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, It's not the way I, I, I choose to be. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's safe to do the they, them, if you're not sure. Um, because that, that shows that you're not assuming anything, which is great. And we love that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you know, um, it's always best to not interchange they, them in and try to use the pronouns that they prefer.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's a really good way to segue to, you know, why is it important somebody that's that's saying they've never heard of this before and and they're like, you know oh, that's a lot of trouble to go through you know why is it important for somebody to make sure that they use the correct pronouns
0: um because it's really just kind of it's validating the person itself it's 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 accepting what they've said and and go okay yes i i I agree with this, I agree with that you are valid that you matter and I respect what you wish I respect your wishes and it's a basically good good It's a good uh, human nature skill to have good communication mm-hmm. to have is by respecting someone when they say something is, Unless it's like completely like that's terrible and you're a horrible human being But something basic like that like it's easy to do and it makes the conversation yeah. easier, you know
2: You know, it's funny so, right right before we started recording and since I've been in Texas I try to say like address everybody's like hey y'all, you know, whatever I'm a little great. Texas boy,
0: <laughs> um, but I'm I ca- all the time.
2: <laughs> I caught myself right before this. And when uh, Kara joined on the call with us, I, I went to say, hey, guys. And then I was like, wait, like, why am I saying, hey, guys? And then I said, hey, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's even stuff like that. I've been trying to correct myself because I'm like, well, like, hey, guys, isn't this universal term that can just be
0: used. Um, so I, I, I a, caught um, myself right yeah. there. I had a, a professor. When I was, I, I, my, my AA is in public speaking, my associate's degree mm-hmm. is public speaking and my public speaking professor, um, she got on us for saying guys, like she, because people in like younger people in college will say guys. And They're like, oh, such, "Hey, guys, such on? a and crutch. it is because it's, it's always been in a binary world. It's always been kind of like that. Well, it's just kind of like the, the all purpose thing. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we'd say guys, she would immediately repeat it back to us. So, so we're like, Hey, you guys. And she goes, you guys <laughs> you know, that made us aware that we were doing it. And there were people in the class and this is before I came out, but there were people in the class that were out trans and non-binary people. And she was doing it not just for the benefit of them, but just for the benefit of everyone in the class learning that it's not great to do that. Yeah. Um, that being said though, I live in California and a big, a big topic of buzzword, uh, where is is, um, whether or not dude is gender neutral or because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of ingrained in our culture. And, and what, I've, what I've told people, for me, I, I've accepted it as OK as long as you're not putting the word A before it. <laughs> like if you're calling me dude, it's like, OK, you're saying dude because you're from California. But if you're calling me A dude, then we have a problem.
2: Right. So, that, that changes yeah. the context of the word.
0: But but again, it's listening to the people that you're talking to. And if, if you say dude or guys and the person kind of goes – first of all, you read their face and they kind of – They
3: kind of wince. Yeah.
0: Then you know that you've kind of – you should kick back. Or if they come up and tell you, which sometimes they will, like, hey, I really don't like it when you use guys. Please try not to. Then that's your, your – you're out. Your respective like, OK, this is my chance to fix it and thank you for telling me. And just thank them and go, OK. Don't make a big deal about it never make a big deal about making a mistake because that just points it out even more <laughs> you know i i have had people that have accidentally called me he and then they'll realize they do it and they'll make like a dramatic case like oh my god i can't <laughs> believe i called you a man i know that you're trans ah. and i'm like look at all the people that are looking at you right now that if you're <laughs> like oh, sorry she and moved on it would have been nothing and nothing happened so yeah if you make a mistake y'all See, y'all yeah. uh, just uh, just don't make a big case out of it just fix it
3: and move on no big deal yeah so, cool gotcha <laughs> you know something that i was talking to with a friend of mine was you know this idea of like like when you meet somebody you don't know you don't know what their pronouns are yeah. um you might not even know that they're trans or that they're queer um, or any of those you know um those things um how much do you actually need to know about that person in order to engage with them and in sort of a, you know, a, 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 basic respectful conversation. And it seems like a lot of people, they don't know how far to go in normal conversation with asking somebody about their, excuse me, about their personal life and choices and, and, and just, or even who they are. Um, You know, c- can you talk about that at all about like, like if, you know, for somebody out there who, let's say they think that they've never met a trans person or Mm -hmm. maybe even never met a queer person, you know, how, um, how much do you actually need to know to, to be respectful without going too far and what, and what questions have you gotten that are too far for somebody who, you know, you're just in a basic conversation with that you'd like to tell people not to say.
0: Sure. I I guess the good rule of thumb is if there's something that you would not ask a, a fellow cis person, don't ask it to a trans person. <laughs> like Curtis, you wouldn't walk up to Dalen and go, Hey, what's in your pants <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you wouldn't do that because it doesn't make sense. But yet people that walk up to me, I've, I've been asked that personally, like, Hey, are you, have you had the surgery yet? I'm like, that's none of your business. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not, yeah. like, it's really not. I get that you're fascinated and I love that you <laughs> care about me to the point that you want to know, but that's just something that if I don't offer that information, you don't need to know it. Um, the base level thing you want to know is just—I mean, you're, it's okay to ask someone for their pronouns, by the way. Like, if if you're not sure, you can just be like, "Hey, what's your pronouns? I want to get it right." Mm-hmm. And the, and I'll go, "Oh, she/her. Thanks for asking." Even and now you I notice have, too have
2: on like social media, you see people under you know their profile picture, like on Instagram, it'll say you know he/she in parentheses or you know mm-hmm. she, you know whatever. Um, yeah. So people are being a little bit more like outspoken of like, hey this is like here's how i consider myself
1: i think we're trying uh, to I want to normalize it right like it's not yes. easy to ask someone their pronouns like let's make it a little bit more normal so we can make everyone else feel a little bit more comfortable in this world
0: yeah i mean i love that like my, one of my favorite things is people that i know are cisgender because i've known them forever are using their pronouns on their profiles because it, it makes it easier for me to put my pronouns on there and not just be immediately outed as a trans person. Right. Um, not that I hide being trans. I, I love being trans. I think it's wonderful. But there are some times where being trans is dangerous. And you kind of have to you know, be wary of who you're talking to sometimes or what situation you're in, which is sad. And hopefully that goes away. But it's still the truth in, in this country and certainly the world. And so any little bit from a person that's not trans that helps it easier for normalize my existence is wonderful. And they're very simple to do. Like if you walk up to me and ask me, Hey, what's your pronouns? She her cool. Now I know that I I prefer to be she. So I I am a female. So I know how to interact with me as a female, (laughs) you know, and, and that doesn't mean like, Oh, you like princess things. I mean i do like princess Day, but, <laughs> but like i know plenty of trans people that are like yeah i'm, I'm on the way to like watching the baseball game and we're gonna pack over some beers and i you know because gender norms are are made up <laughs> you mm-hmm. know and like like you don't have to necessarily treat somebody differently based off of that you shouldn't um I don't want to go too much of a tangent here. Sorry. Guys, <laughs> friends. See, I do, I do it too. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess the answer to your question is the basic thing you need to know is how they prefer to be uh, addressed. Um, and also their name, maybe it would be good. Another
3: name. <laughs> <That's always> <laughs> good.
2: <laughs> you know, at, kind of at the root of it is, you know, it's, Cis people, trans people, then we're all people and you should just act, you know, treat people like they're people like that's kind of the root of it.
3: Right. You yeah. know, it's something, too, that I was talking with my mom about actually recently was, you know, w- like we are taught from a very young age to make a lot of assumptions in the first like three seconds that we see somebody. Oh, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I mean, we size people up like nobody's business i mean literally nobody's business we, we we should not be in the business of doing it but we do it and it and it's it's ingrained in us so much and i i find myself even to this day you know making a guess at somebody's gender based on you know three seconds of of seeing them and and, and that's a lot that, of judgment yeah
0: if you do that which is human nature like you said to do that and they correct you thank them and change the information you have that's the simplest mm-hmm. way to do it because mm-hmm. you're right you you are going to immediately going to take take stock of what somebody's you know wearing necessarily or, or the way that they present or the way which is gender presentation or even things like mannerisms and vocal patterns like i have a pretty deep voice pattern to the point where like if i'm on the phone i'm going to get sir almost always and i'm fixing it i'm working on it but it's hard it's hard to do have you, you know?
2: have you had any instances where someone you know comes to you and says Um, he him and you correct them and they get defensive about it
0: uh rarely luckily rarely because of where i'm i'm living and right right by college so like there's a lot of liberal folks that are good with it um but you do you do get it i'll tell a story i was at a, a store and i'm not gonna say the name of the store but it was like a a place that sells less expensive things than normal uh i will say less than, less, less than ten dollars per item there we go one can to go half that if they will and uh and so i was buying things and i wasn't like this was like the beginning of my my transition so i was just i just got to get my eyebrows threaded which is not that bad fella not that bad <laughs> just cleans it up um and like, I was wearing like a rainbow jacket and like, but basically I was wearing, you know, gendered and- androgynous clothing. Mm-hmm. but I was still trying my best to present female. Cause that's how I am. That's who I was. And I got up to the cashier and the cashier very sternly was like, are you ready to check out, sir? and, like, hit the sir really hard. Uh, they were like, it wasn't, like, a casual, like, like you would go to the grocery store, and they're like, oh, here you go, sir. And it's, like, a, a quick thing. But it was, like, it was like I'm making a point to call you a sir because I believe you are a man, <laughs> you know? And it's, like, I'm wearing a rainbow jacket, friend. <laughs> I'm, I've got a bow in my hair, <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> the very, I mean, I guess, I guess you could have just perceived me as a gay male, I suppose, but... But like just the the it irked me so much that I, I even though I was ready, I'm like, no, I need a minute. And I waited for yeah. the cashier to leave to the next cashier to come in to check out to buy the things. I almost just put my stuff down and said, No, I'm good and walked out, but I really wanted the stuff that they were selling. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um and Man. so but it does happen. Like it does happen where people like how you are and how you present are ignored and passed on. Because someone has a bias or has an agenda, and it sucks. It
3: really does. Um, for could, for our listeners, I'm I'm am sorry. I didn't mean right. right. everyone. I was gonna say for our listeners from from like the south, like what's the most like appropriate like non gendered sort of formal thing you can call somebody versus sir or madam or you know anything like that? Because there's a cause you hear a lot of that in like in like especially in the southern states, people trying to be respectful, but because they they're assuming your gender they're they're sort of also being disrespectful
0: i'm a big fan of friend or mm-hmm. pal you know mm-hmm. something that you can call something uh somebody anything that isn't mm-hmm. tied to a gender you know that would be the best way to go so okay. i'll say hey Brent, how's it going friend you know <laughs> Sometimes okay. I get in trouble if I'm trying to date somebody and they're like, "Hey, friend. Oh, we're friends." No, it's just,
3: <laughs> <laughs> It backfired. No. it already.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's important for anyone listening to this as well who, you know, may be struggling in a in a place where they're not as fortunate to have people around them who respect their pronouns to know that if you do encounter that, it's definitely more to do with that person than than you and I I think we need to remember. We need to make that pretty clear. Like that's a, their problem, you know.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Like, we got to work through some issues on their end. You're good. You're good.
0: <laughs> I, I get this a lot at the grocery store, um, to the point where like now I kind of because you know we're all wearing masks at this point, so like mm. half of my face is covered. Um, and so like I, I'll do this thing. I'm gonna. Tr- I try to present as feminine as possible in the terms of the the. The societal um, view of how a woman acts, you know, which is also made up and bullshit. I don't <laughs> want to say yes, but like, uh, yeah. Um, but I'll do it just to see if I can get a man. I just want to, just want to elicit a man <laughs> from the workers um, because I know that they're so frazzled. They're not thinking about gender presentation or gender. Right. Uh, they're thinking about, I have a line of 30 people I need to get through. But yet your retail brain, I don't know if you ever worked in a retail store, always tells you to call somebody – respectful terms like Mm -hmm. sir or madam it's hard because there is really no like there are some that exist that are are hard to think about and you have to really think that you're thinking about working in an environment like that especially in covid times you're not thinking about that so so for me i'm trying to make their life easier by presenting as female pen like trended as possible to the point where I will even put on eye makeup and like I'll, I'll do my hair, I'll wear a cute beanie, I'll do whatever I can and I'll still get served because of my voice, which is so rough. Because even if you're not looking and you hear – like you, you said before, you have three seconds to figure out what you're trying to mm-hmm. say to somebody. The first thing you can think of is what they're looking, what they're wearing. But if you're not paying attention, you're paying attention to the check stand and you're doing right. this and that. The thing that you're going to listen for is a voice, and that's what's going to be tripping people up.
2: That's really interesting.
0: Which is why I'm working on my voice patterns. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, but there are people I know that are uh, deep-voiced people, deep-voiced women, that, and deep voice trans women that aren't changing. They're like, this is how I sound, and you either deal with it or don't. And that's fine, too. Um, that's completely valid, and I respect it. Um, I just like being called ma'am. Or miss? Oh God! If I get a miss,
2: <laughs> that'll be the day
0: for you. That's my day right there. I'll just I'm I'm gonna go home and get in bed. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs>
4: I'm out.
0: All right. Um, I'm almost forty. So
2: <laughs> before we get further into the conversation, why don't we hit yeah. up one of our main topics of today's episode? Okay. So. And this is something that I don't really know a lot about just because I'm not a big Harry Potter person, which kind of gives away the topic. Um, But, Curtis, why don't you go into it? J.K. Rowling and the idea of third wave feminism.
3: Uh, Yeah. uh, So uh, J.K. Rowling um, said a very controversial thing, which isn't unusual because – jk rowling she says a lot of controversial things um (laughs) but but usually there's something they're 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 considered to be you know more say on the liberal side more anti-trump things like that that's usually what controversy she gets in in this case she actually said something controversial um um that would upset a lot of liberal people um and it was basically that um she was questioning whether uh, trans women should be equally included um, in feminism movements with her, quote, biological women, um, and, or, or meaning uh, people who are assigned female at birth. Um, the controversy arose when she tweeted an article on June 6th. Um, I believe that was of 2019. Actually, I don't remember yeah, what the year was. I think so. Um, um, yeah, but. Excuse me.
1: I think it was COVID times. I think it was this year. It just felt like five years ago. <laughs>
3: oh, was it really twenty twenty? Oh my goodness! 2020. Yeah, oh, okay. it was twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um,
3: yeah. So recently, very recently, There's so much uh, happening in the world right uh, now. She 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 uh, she put up an article um, and and it referenced um, quote people who menstruate. and she wrote um, I'm sure there quote I, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Womben, wimpund, womund. <laughs> and uh <laughs> i did, I did as, as best as i could to, uh, at how it has she she wrote it um and and basically from this um um she got um labeled which is a a slang that is actually very negative um to call somebody so i'm not encouraging it but i do want to say it in case you hear it um it's a turf t e r f which i'd never uh, heard stand... before no yeah uh it. it it basically is a uh, trans exclusive exclusion. Oh my gosh, I can't be able to say it. Trans- Somebody wanna help me. Feminist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, very well. Thank you. Um and uh and, and and uh and it's it's a negative term because um in, in the past it has been used to sort of be a slur against women. Um um and and uh Rawling didn't feel like like she was that uh, being a radical feminist at all. Um Uh, but uh, basically she went on to list uh, in her and what she said was five reasons why she's quote worried about the new trans activism and why she felt she needed to speak up. Um, And basically she said something that um, was really offensive to a lot of trans women um, because she was just kind of throwing them under the bus, throwing them completely out as if there was something, um, you know, uniquely special about, about um, being assigned woman at birth of being protected and being, um, you know, empowered by the trans, uh, or by the uh, feminist movement. Um, it, it it went on from there. I don't know if do you want to describe it. You want to go more into what what, what she said?
0: Yeah, well, it actually, goes it goes a little bit further back than this too. Um, and I don't know names off the top of my head, but about four, I want to say three years ago, um, there was this controversy in the UK where there was a a trans woman that had gone to a workplace to work and. Um, there was another coworker there that basically tried to get her fired because she was trans essentially is the the nuts and bolts of it Mm -hmm. to the point where, um, she was deemed as being discriminatory and then she herself was fired. Um, and a lot of people came to her defense saying that like, you shouldn't be fired for having anti-trans, you know, um, rhetoric whereas the people that are trans are like you absolutely should be fired for that it's because you're discrimination. are like, the same thing as if you walked around saying racial epithets or if you said like uh, being straight sexist straight up sexist to people like if you're doing any kind of discrimination of a person for a person that's doing nothing to you you absolutely deserve to be fired just but, because of who they are yeah and jk rowling went on the defensive and and was like one of the people that was very harsh and saying this person should not be fired because trans women aren't women. That's basically what her nuts and bolts were uh, for that argument. And her publisher and also Universal not, and, and Warner Brothers came down on her like, you can't say that. You cannot say that. You shouldn't say that. Do not say this. Right? And she didn't, she, she didn't apologize ever, but she just kind of dropped the subject and it kind of was forgotten in the lore mm-hmm. and people be like, oh, maybe she's a, maybe she's a, I, I want to say the term, but I know you're trying to be respectful and not say it. So I won't, maybe she's a, a anti-trans person, I guess we'll, we'll say in, in place of it, but it just kind of fell off the wire and, and things happened. And then this happened this art, this controversial tweet and everyone was immediately reminded, Oh yeah, yeah. 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 that thing that happened three years ago still. And she still thinks the same way. So she said this completely, the people who menstruate then completely ignoring the fact that trans men also menstruate, non-binary people also menstruate. They have Mm -hmm. vaginas, they have uterocytes, they they have the ability to do so. They're not necessarily women, but that one of,
3: one of the things, one of the ways she justified this view was that, um, she was saying that that feminism is welcoming of trans men. Yeah, that's going to make um, that point. And so, you know, so uh, so she she is specifically targeting trans women in this in in, in her kind of ire.
0: Absolutely, yes. and she's also like trans. Uh, I want to say that feminism really encompasses everybody, not just women, but also men. Sure, because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the fight for equality of of gender and sex across the board, right? That's what it is. Yeah. It's like. When everyone's equal, then we're good. That's feminism has succeeded. So, excluding, making a point to include trans men because they were once assigned female is also not feminist. (laughs) You're also splitting the board at that point. But um, the thing that gets me about that really got me was that she had the opportunity to to scale it back and make an apology and go, you know, she she did the whole thing of like, well, I have some trans friends, so I can say this, right? That's the thing that. That gets me. And then she didn't do it, but then doubled down with it and put this giant essay full of stuff that is disproven. First of all, blatantly wrong. And some of it was like lies. Like it was slander.
3: What do you think of this idea of, of pushing to erode the illegal definition of sex and replace it with gender? Is that that's one Mm. of the worries that, that she gave, um, for, for not wanting to include trans people. Like where is this controversy coming from? Is, is there, is there any like, wh- where, where are they even getting this idea?
0: So there, there was an article and again, forgive me for not having the exact information about the articles and things, but there was an article no published by a scientist a few years ago. That was, it was a scholarly journal, but it was mostly debunked when it went through the peer review process. And mm. yet it still found its way to be published via like religious te- documents and, because religion loves to document things like that confirmation um, bias. Yeah. And so that got out there into the world. And when there's a, when there's one, it's almost the same as anti vaxing Like when there's one flawed argument that gets in the world that people can cite it because it was a scientific source that validates it to them in their mind. And so that's what this thing was, that she was basically quoting was this one article saying, we shouldn't allow this because of this reason. And, it was completely scientific, scientifically debunked, but nobody cared about that. Like, everyone just kind of kept writing on it. Um, and, like, so there's some big names that got on board with her, too. Like, uh, Noam Chomsky got on board with it. Uh, wow. He since um, has amended his statement. Um, there was a couple of, of major uh, actresses and actors in the UK that signed off on this, um, this open letter, um, some of which have since retracted their statements you know but like uh, the jk is the big name she's the yeah. big name, mm-hmm. and the thing that's the worst part about this all like is that her books and i'm a i was a big fan of her books and the movies um they speak to like this like if you're an underdog and you don't belong we have a place where you belong
4: mm-hmm.
0: and then she's just by her actions she's basically out and said that that's all bull you know like it doesn't it's not how I actually believe in the world, because I don't think everybody should have a place. Is really kind of mm. what I'm taking from it.
3: Well, and, inter- interestingly enough, uh, Daniel Radcliffe actually spoke against yeah. what she said, and and I thought that was, you know, at, 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 I guess at, at the very least, you know, a, a, a way to sort of start start taking back that, you know, if you're a Harry Potter fan, that at least. <laughs> least you know danny radcliffe stuck up for you well,
1: i think one thing that particularly bothered me is that she a lot of what she talked about was under the guise in my opinion of you know i just i don't believe that if you weren't you know assigned female at birth that you can understand what it's like to be a female you didn't go through the same type of bullying and eating disorder things and she kind of presented this as a way of saying like you just don't know the plight of a woman you know who was assigned that way at birth it's it's i think it's ironic because you're you know she was trying to make this argument that she was speaking for the the inclusivity of women like these are but you're,
2: female challenges yeah,
1: then, you're, then you're leaving like you're now you're speaking to what every single woman's ex- life experience is and that's not fair either like she basically was like don't worry guys i got this like let me tell you what it's like to be a woman and it's like well hang on there's a lot of different female experiences in the world so please don't you know kind of use the guise of feminism to do that i think that was really frustrating for a lot of people
0: yeah absolutely and especially for those of us that do get bullied on the you know we i was bullied when i was a kid like i was bullied even though i was assigned male and presenting male i was still bullied for being effeminate like i had an an experience that was not great you know and i even now i have almost arguably worse of an experience because i have to worry about whether or not i'm gonna get followed in the grocery store or if i'm gonna Mm -hmm. get like someone to try to like drive by and shout terrible things at me you know um I, it's terrible. It's terrible that, that she's defending that while it's trying to speak for an entire group that doesn't want to be spoken for like that. If okay. well, yeah. there's
3: somebody, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, and to your point, Holly, you know, you said, uh, it wasn't exactly a walk in the park for you either. And I think she talked about, you know, if, if maybe if she was born today, she would have tried to escape the self hatred and the eating disorders and the anxiety of being a woman by trying to transition to a man. And like you said, Holly, uh, it's no walk in the park to, to transition. Also. It's, there's um, just a lot of anxiety that goes on with that too. So I'm not sure that's necessarily the escapist mentality she's trying to prevent. Well, and even in,
2: in, in saying that, like, Oh, well, if I was born 30 years later, I probably would have transitioned too to, you know, get away from these, you know, female struggles. It's like, well, that's also kind of making it seem like, ah, oh, it's simple. I'll just do this. Like, it's, it's just a decision. It's like, it's not just, it's, it's your <laughs> life. It's you.
1: Not bad. Like we, I, bad. I <laughs> that we, I believe it's really important for us to talk about, too, that, you know, being, you know, being like one day waking up and like, you know what? I think it actually sounds really hip and fun to like, you know, to be a woman instead of a man. It's like, um, I'm sorry, this is not exactly an easy path for a lot of individuals to take. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we need to kind of get away from this whole, it's a fad. Nobody chooses to have to walk a very anxiety ridden and lonely sometimes and maybe expensive and, and confusing path. They don't that's not a fun choice to make, I would imagine. Holly, you let me know if I'm wrong on that, but
0: No, you're one hundred percent right. There's actually a term for it which I want everyone to know and then immediately disavow. And it's called Transgender. And I hate, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because it's not what I'm doing is not easy. Like I have to take pills every day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Period, like that's that is a this is something I have to do. Um, as soon as we're done here, I'm going over uh, an electrolysis appointment to remove the hairs from my face so that I can wear makeup and not have a five o'clock shadow. I have to do that. I'll probably be doing that for the next fifteen to twenty years yeah. to get them all. Like, like these are these are not things, and that's not even talking about the surgical aspects, like facial feminization surgery or or gender reassignment surgery or anything like that, which are hard and take a toll on your body <laughs> you know they they're not they're not the easiest things but we do it because mentally it makes us feel correct we feel right i feel right being a woman. Right. that's how i'm supposed to be you know and like the alternatives are a lot darker and i don't want to go down those paths so i if it means taking a pill every day cool I'll, I got my hydro flask. It takes me thirty seconds. I pop them in, and then I'm gone. I'm out for my day.
3: For somebody, for somebody that's out there that is questioning, say that maybe you know, it might be a teenager or something like that, or one, whatever age. Um, yeah. You know, what would you explain is sort of like, at least in your experience, was the difference between, you know, simply being assigned male and feminine, and actually like, no, it's not just that. I'm a woman like what what was the sort of like realization you had and maybe even like what age were you when you had that
0: there are expectations that are put on somebody in their gender roles basically that a feminine man is still expected by a society to do things masculinely and have a male male traits and for some it's actually perfectly okay and valid to just be a feminine man. That's fine. That's totally great. But for me, that wasn't, that wasn't enough because there were experiences that I was missing out on that I wanted to be part of that were, were female experiences. You know, like I wanted to be able to go, uh, into like a clothing store and buy a dress and then wear it and then be fine with wearing it. And like, uh, I wanted to be able to be, uh, in female friendships, um, Female friendships are different than male friendships in that like there's never any expectation of anything more than just being caring for someone and being really close to someone. Um, and that's just non-existent in, in male friendships sometimes, although it should be. If you're a feminist, you believe it is. But like I <laughs> – uh, being, being thought of and treated as a woman made me feel better on my day-to-day, made me feel correct. And I think – I think I always knew that – I mean from, probably from the age of 15 years old, I knew that that was the path that I would eventually want to to take. Um, but I didn't actually act on it until I was 37, you know, turning 38 um, because I was also afraid that like if I came out, I would lose everything because mm-hmm. society thought I was, you know, weird, you know, I would, like – or like my family would disavow me. Like I came up with the name Holly Megan Scott, which is not my legal name, by the way, but it's my stage name, and that was like an escape name. Like if my family decided that I wasn't welcome, I was gonna drop my old name, and that that would make this my legal name. Like that was what it was, and I just happened to like it, so I kept it. But um, I'm hoping I'm answering your question. I hope. Yeah, I have, absolutely. Not one to answer, so I apologize. But like, but you you one one could stop at just being a feminine man and be completely valid and fine. But that wasn't enough for me because I tried that and I, I was still, because I was still um, presenting male, but as a feminine version of male, people took me as a male still. Mm -hmm. And I still got the sirs and I still got the, you know, uh, he's, and I, it was really to the point where I was like, I can't, continue this way i can't because it's just not me and i need to be true to myself um so i did and there's this thing called dysphoria mm-hmm. I don't know if you know across it but um i will preface this next sentence by saying it is absolutely valid to be trans and not have dysphoria and anyone who tells you different is wrong okay but i do have it like gender dysphoria is something i've, I've been medically diagnosed with i have it is something that i go with and that is the driving force that tells me in my brain that like, you need to transition fully you, because when you don't transition fully, you don't feel right. And that not feeling of correctness is dysphoria and it's painful. It's physically painful. Sometimes I'm not being exaggerating when I say it, like I've hurt in my heart because it doesn't, like feel, I feel like I'm lying to the world, you know? Um, and so we do everything we possibly can to get rid of the dysphoria. I will tell you that hormone therapy definitely helps. Um, but there's a point where you have to go beyond that. And that's where you get into the surgeries. And that's when you get into things like that. Um, because it's all about trying to alleviate this feeling of like, I don't belong. I'm not correct.
3: So, mm-hmm. um, so it's basically telling your truth. Is it, the, the, more, the more you feel like you're telling your truth, the, the better you feel about going down your path.
0: Right. And I'm not hurting anybody by doing it. That's the other thing, too, is Mm -hmm. that like, if if I was doing something that was actually hurting somebody, I probably wouldn't do it because I don't want to hurt anybody else. But transitioning to my true gender affects no one but me, really. Like my family might be sad about it, (laughs) you know, but they eventually they have started to like even come on board and, and be great about it. But like ultimately, it's only there to benefit me in my life. So that I can feel happy, and then turn around and benefit other people in their
1: lives. Wow. Hey, I don't know if you've if you've dealt with this a lot, but um, does like are you working with any health insurance? Or does health insurance kind of cover some of the you know the medicine you take, or the mm-hmm. where are, where have we come as a society in terms of coverage on that?
0: So I, I'm with Kaiser, uh, and Kaiser, um, and this is not an ad for Kaiser, but like you know we're not I'm not being paid. In fact, I'm paying them a lot. Um, <laughs> But but they do a good job. They follow there's a thing called the W path, which is the world dude, I'm terrible at with acronyms. So on it's um standard care for transgender health. It's essentially it's like the guidelines that like the World uh, Health Organization has said, if you're trans, follow these guidelines. Okay. And Kaiser has said, Okay, we believe in this document, so we're gonna follow it. And so anything that's in the W path the Kaiser coverage covers. So that includes hormone therapy that includes um, electrolysis that includes facial feminization surgery. Eventually it'll include gender reassignment surgery. Um, all of these things. And also on top of that, includes mental health, which is great. I can right. to be a counselor if I want to, which I do. And I love um, all of these things are, are part of their process because they feel like for their member to be healthy mentally and physically, they need these things. Um not every insurance follows the W path. Not every insurance even follows transgender health at all. I mean there's some that just like don't. They're like, well, we'll we'll help you for anything that's like a, a medical thing, but for this we won't. And that's kind of sad. Um Planned Parenthood, um which often gets lambasted in the media as a place where people go to get abortions. Mm-hmm. Um so much more than that and if you
1: shout out Planned Parenthood
0: yeah if if you are one of the people listening to this podcast and you think Planned Parenthood is just the abortion first of all most Planned Parenthood don't even do abortion but also like it is so important for women's health in general and that includes trans women and trans men too like that's a place where people can go to get hormones when they don't have insurance and not Mm -hmm. have to pay thousands of dollars or worse go to another country to get it where it's not as regulated um that's because a lot of people do that a lot of people will go across the border to like mexico yeah uh, and, and they'll go to a place i've done it you know where you can get like you can get the hormones for for cheap um because they're not as regulated but they might be laced with uh other things that you don't know about because they're not regulated um not saying that it all is but but it can be a dangerous gamble. They, we call that DIY hormones, and that's very dangerous and not recommended. Mm.
2: You know, um, it's it's interesting you bring that like the safety up because we were talking in our last episode talking about Stonewall and talking about um, some trans movements that were happening back in the '60s, and you know mm. how like sex work was pretty you know I mean very often associated with trans people and these you know kind of shady bars and you know the center of New York City and how they because they were you know so pushed to the peripherals of the city that they had to kind of stay in these, you know, not very safe areas, in these areas where, you know, they could often, you know, get in trouble and get involved with shady things. And so it's it's nice to see that there are these options to provide safe care and safe options for people in the trans community, but it's a shame that some people in the community still have to resort to these really unsafe options.
0: It's getting better, I will say that as as we're getting to a point where people are more accepting of trans people, it's getting better for us to get the care that we need mm-hmm. um, but we're still not there by a long shot, and it's gonna take a lot. um the current administration i don't I don't know how y'all lean, but like I'm assuming liberal I'm guessing. we we uh, <laughs> on this show we
2: we try to stay objective and give good analysis, but it's fair to say that we're all centrist left
0: okay the uh the current administration as it stands has taken a couple of steps backwards in terms of lgbt protections and health Mm -hmm. and um i hope that changes i don't like that trend going that direction is pretty much how i'll say that i think that's a fair a safe safe way to say that without you know ruffling too many feathers but um (laughs) But if you look at just the documents, you're like, well, we had to fight. We always have to fight. for. To, trans people have to fight to, to tell people we exist. And the rest of the LGBTQ have to fight to get the things that they deserve, which is basic human rights. And we have to fight for that, too. But we have another layer in that there are people that legit don't believe that we exist. Like we're like, you're not what you say you are and i like and i have to go no i really am <laughs>
2: i really actually, <laughs> actually am that. i am was yeah, that I was mean, that kind of a a compromise that happened like i know from research from our previous episodes that the gay and lesbian community and the trans communities have always been somewhat divided but in the fight for gay rights and LGBT, lgbtq rights did it feel like with some leaders of the movement that it was kind of a compromise of like, hey, we'll get what we can for this group, and like the other will kind of fend for themselves. Like, I it seems like, like what, what, like from your perspective, what's the reasoning from leaders why trans people are fighting for the right to be recognized and not the right for what they deserve?
0: Uh, well, because you there are some people that don't believe that gay and lesbian people exist either. Mm -hmm. So there are always the people that are like, you're terrible. Why are you, why are you doing this? (laughs) But, but it's, it's, it's a lot easier for someone on the outside to (laughs) point a finger at us and go, what you're doing is not real. Yeah. um, Than it is for someone to go, Oh, you're not gay. And you're, and like, or you're not a lesbian. And you're literally there with like your partner. (laughs) I have my girlfriend. I differ. Yeah, <laughs> we're in love with each other, um, so it, it's it has become increasingly more difficult to to do that. It's always been kind of accepted socially that there are people that are homosexual or asexual, even, and they just are. And it's not a, it's a fairly new thing to um, to acknowledge trans people, although mm. we've been here. Hundreds of years, thousands oh, yeah. of years. Trans people, trans is not new, y'all. You know? <laughs> trans people have, are not new. It's just now we're we're feeling more confident that to come out of the the closet and be ourselves. Mm-hmm.
3: And well, I mean, there's like, a there's a greater understanding. There's a greater terminology, you know, out there to use to try to, you know, understand yourself. I mean, uh, you know, those a lot of these terms are are you know like I think cis people think that you know it's for them to understand really it's like these terms are for people to understand themselves and like to give it sort of a a name and to you know find other people that might be experiencing the same thing
0: yeah and it's constantly changing i mean we talked about amab and afab earlier in terms of like that that even in the last couple of years has become a thing versus the previous ftm and mtf because it's inclusionary of uh, binary people right um or even things like like the, the previous term was uh for what I am was transsexual yep. because people thought sex and gender were the same, which they're not. They're very different, right? Um and so like people would say, Oh, you're a transsexual. And I'm like, I'm I mean yes but no. <laughs> like <laughs> like because you don't I I am technically because I am medically transitioning I am changing my sex like that is something that I'm actively doing so yes but there are people that don't change their sex they're like they're transgender because they're changing their gender gender is a social construct it's created by people to to put people in boxes right and so they are they're saying I am I'm changing my my gender but not I'm leaving my my bits, you know, and so I'm not a transsexual. (laughs) So don't call me that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, there, I think I saw on your notes uh, something about transvestite transvestism, which is definitely an outdated term. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's essentially essentially um, Mm cross-dressing
4: is
0: what it is. And there are people that are cis uh, straight, even Um, men and women follow the binary, uh, but they just prefer wearing women's clothes or men's clothes because it fits them better and it. Makes them feel a certain way, and that's totally fine. But that specific term doesn't necessarily apply because they're not transitioning anything. They're not trans. They're not. Tra- I'm not transitioning from men's to women's clothes. Like I'm just wearing it. Mm-hmm. And even you're even gonna start to see that cross dressing is going to fall out of favor because cross dressing supports the binary as well. Yeah. You know, so people are like, "Oh, you're you're wearing the clothes of women." Well, what are those? <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> ideals were invented for men and right. <laughs> so were wigs. so like what what exactly is crossing the, the border you know like crossing we talked the a lot about
3: that in the last in the last episode about you know how how even just in our, say, yeah. our grandparents' lifetimes, you know, major, maybe even our, our lifetimes, you know, major things have changed, you know, that, like, uh, yeah. pink used to be, like, like, the manliest color, you know, and blue used to be the most feminine color, you know, like, that yeah. was, like, like, up until, like, 19, you know, early 1900s, or whatever, like, that was the thinking, or whatever, and then that completely just flipped on its head and now, now you know you get people all the time saying you know oh you can't wear pink that's a girl's color or, or on the other end of it you know i'm tough enough to wear pink and I, w- I was joking on the last episode like how tough do you have to be it was you know it was, <laughs> it was thought of a, as a male color you know <laughs> right. up until not too long ago
2: you know we talked about of- <laughs> uh, we talked about uh this guy uh bernard Tolmey, um who in the late 1800s early 1900s wrote Um, One of the first uh, medical articles about looking into the psychology of sex. And he was the first – one of the first people, I think the first person honestly, um, in a – like a peer-reviewed scientific article to show that homosexuality does not directly coincide with cross-dressing. And that was in 1914.
0: Yeah. And then – like because transgender individuals and – Trans is not a sexuality, right? right. So like like I, you can be trans and gay. <laughs> you can be trans and a lesbian. You can be trans and be asexual. You can be trans and be just a in general. Like they're they're part of the same kind of grouping because we're all fighting for for equality. But you they're not exclusive, right? So like if I'm trans, that doesn't necessarily make me gay, right? Mm-hmm. If I if I date a man, I'm a straight person because I'm a woman, right? So that that kind of that kind of article really speaks to that, I think, in terms of like, yeah, if you're if you're into cross dressing, if you're into wearing the garb society has deemed for this other thing, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a gay person. Whereas there was a time where like that was thought like, oh, you wear lipstick, you definitely like men for sure, or you definitely like women because you wear a flannel. But like that's not accurate at all, and fashion changes all the time, and. <sighs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I don't know if you guys watch Queer Eye, but JVN, um, he okay.
0: love JVN,
1: <laughs> and he, I think he's been really important too. If you guys know him, he you know often times wears I mean whatever he wants always looks amazing. Dresses, skirts, heels, whatever, and people are constantly like, oh, "Are you are you trans? Are you this?" And like, why, why, is it, why is it like wearing a skirt? Like it's comfy. Like who cares? <laughs> it. It's, it's important, I think we are starting to normalize that a little bit more. Like, who cares if you want to wear a skirt or pants? Like, you know,
0: the scary thing here is that there are people that do care, and mm-hmm. they're the people that are dangerous because they're the ones that are going to go, I don't like the fact that you're wearing a skirt, so I'm gonna just take you and beat you up.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And they do that, and then they get away with it. And it's you're always watching, you got your head on a swivel, like right? you always yeah. have to kind of go am i safe here no but i'm not stopping here <laughs> you know i'm not gonna chop at this store because i don't feel like they're gonna accept me and it's not it's a little bit more than just like oh i'm in the bathroom with the with the person that was assigned female at birth and i was assigned male at birth they're gonna yell at me no they were going to pull someone in that will pull you out and then beat you for being different you know and I hate that I have to live that life. And my mom, bless her soul, she's like when when I came out to her, she she cried a lot and she she went to one of her her good friends who was a gay male and and they had I wasn't privy to it, she told me about it, but they had like what she says was a 2-hour crying session because oh. she was so afraid of just the world that I was entering into and and she was afraid that I wouldn't I wouldn't make it because of some idiot thinking they're high and mighty, you know, and, and taking a gun and putting it to my head. Like they, they would, she was afraid for that. And I had to tell her like, I'm afraid for that too, but I'm also very safe and careful. Mm -hmm. And I I don't go to places that are dangerous to me or have those red flags because I just don't want to be a number. I don't want to be a statistic. You know, there were, I think something like 150 trans people murdered last year. Wow. You know, um, and most of those are trans women of color mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: because, because their particular culture really doesn't gel with the trans, you know, like what we do. opposite have said vibe. Uh, <laughs> but <Vibe. laughs> so yeah, but so like they're, they're more targeted than any other group in terms of murder. And I, I could even be off with those numbers. That's just what we know. Right. Right. Of that, there are so many unreported and people that just go missing and they're not missing. They're dead. They're killed. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we reported it because, you know, they're in a place that they're it's dangerous for them and they got killed. And I love that we're, we're seeing a movement now of the all, all like black lives matter, which is great. And then we're seeing black trans lives matter, which is even better because then you're saying, okay, you're finally recognizing that these people are in a dangerous situation and, and fighting for them, which Thank you. So, yeah, I, I don't even know where I was going with this topic, but I just want to say that, like, I'm happy to see that people are starting to fight uh, against that. But I do have to constantly watch yeah. around my back. So
3: that's yeah. such an important thing to, to to talk about, too. You know, I mean, that, that's. I mean, you're 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 so good at at relating that information, you know, which is, I've, I've just been trying to be like, sort of just as quiet as possible because you're doing such a great job, Holly. Um, that is the sort of the core, like what, what I wanted the audience to get from, from these episodes, you know, was, was the, the real life understanding of why you feel you need to do this even though there's all these other consequences that, that are constantly around you and but it doesn't matter because it's so important that you do this thank you
0: yeah it really is it's really very important the, the world is broken right but there are things that are fixes that are really easy and this is an easy fix and it, all you have to do to fix it is just treat other people with respect it's the golden rule right it's the first law that we've ever had as a human beings it's like do unto others as you would have do unto you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if I if I know if I'm a cis person and I know that I can help all trans people by just being one person and being respectful to all trans people, that's easy. That's an easy fix. I'm d- no, check next, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. go go to the next thing. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, but there there's just so many people that are are not willing to make that simple change in their life. And like if if I, if someone's confused about what I'm doing and wants me to help explain um I'll do it. You know, I mean I it's not I don't like on a daily basis to have to like educate people, but honestly, I will because I feel like people need that. You know, people need the ability to to know what to do in a situation and staring at someone across the parking lot isn't one of them don't do that if someone wants to know who i am and what i'm doing and they come up to me and they're complete strangers and they're like hey are you a trans person i'm probably going to tell them yeah although it's i, I hope it's you know a i might be like yeah and i'm gonna leave but uh <laughs> but like if i can see there's genuine like care in their eyes and they just want to know and want to be Included, I'm going to say yes because the alternative that is like I don't want to talk to you,
3: right? And, and you give great. them a bad uh, impression. Yeah,
0: then they're going to think because in the absence of knowledge, people make things up. This is so this is something communication that they teach mm-hmm. you. And so if if I don't give them the information, they're just going to be like, well, they didn't tell me, so I'm going to choose to believe this. And since no one's telling me different, I must be right. And then they're going to. Then you get people like J.K. Rowling who are like, well, I must be right because no one's telling me different. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going because I have a name. And then people are going to be like, oh, well, luckily, the majority of people have been like, J.K. Rowling is a jerk. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, She's been terrible to these very nice people who are just trying to be themselves. And so you're seeing this like boy we're taking it back to JK Rowling. You're, you're uh, seeing this like boycott of, of Harry Potter which I myself did. Like I was about 3 weeks away from getting a Gryffindor tattoo and I mean <laughs> like I mean it. And I have scrapped that idea entirely. I've gotten rid of all, all Harry Potter memorabilia that oh. it's, I'm not selling because honestly if I can sell it I'll make a book on it. Uh. <laughs> Whatever. It's expensive because I spent a lot of expensive stuff. Um, anything that's got a line on it, I tell people it's Lannister because, you know, cool. And and that's w- how I exist now because I I truly believe that you have to follow – if you're an artist, you have to believe in what you're saying and you have to believe that it's true. And I don't think that she does. And I think that that has tarnished Harry Potter world for me uh, In until such time as J.K. Rowling apologizes and is sincere about her apology and not just being forced to do it. I will never advocate any Harry Potter product ever or
3: or truly understands too. you know, like, 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 you know, for me, it's not just about, about an apology. I mean, that's something, but like, but like, but truly like going through a, a period of, of, uh, you know, reexamining, I guess the issue and really like under trying to understand how, why jk rowling is wrong you know <laughs> like like that's that's more important to me
2: did y'all hear about the uh baseball commentator in kansas city a couple weeks ago
3: yes i didn't
2: so yeah uh and i can't i can't remember his name do you remember his name holly uh
0: i i want to say ferguson um but so it could be wrong. It i could was- be thinking ferguson from zardat live so i could be wrong uh, <laughs> He was a Cincinnati Reds broadcaster.
2: Yeah, and so he was, you know, commenting on the game, and he didn't realize that his mic was still hot. And you can, end I'm going to use a slur just to give the correct context. Um, Tom Brennaman. Tom Brennaman. Tom Brennan, Yes. So That's he, <laughs> so he didn't realize the mic was hot, and he was talking about Kansas City, and he said something along along the lines of how Kansas City is the fag capital of the country.
0: Oh, I hate that word so much, and so, and I, you know, I'm And it's it's a terrible <laughs> word.
2: And, you yeah. know, people question like, you know, people question, well, isn't isn't queer a you know derogatory term as well? It used to be, but it's 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 changed. Fag, however, has not. Um, and so immediately, like, and this is live on broadcast during the baseball game. Immediately goes into this apology of, I'm a man of faith, and this is not who I, I am, am, and. And he goes into Don't his apology into a this. little bit. I know, you know, this is not who I am. This does not represent me. I want to apologize. Right away, so go, starts his apology. A batter hits a home run. He calls the home run in the middle of his apology, goes back to the apology, <laughs> and says, not even immediately to the queer community, he says, I want to apologize to my bosses, I want yeah. to apologize to my coworkers. I <laughs> want to apologize to, you know, the company. And then at the very end, he says, you know, I want to apologize to anybody I offended. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, broadcasting the rest of this game. I don't know if I'm going to have these headsets on. But you know, I, and I'm like, no, no, like this is what you said. You're You're apologizing. And I feel like this is something that is just oh so common with people that one don't want to understand, don't put in the effort to understand, and just don't understand. Is they're apologizing because they got caught. They're not apologizing because they, you know, of what they said.
0: Yeah, because chances are good that d- that goes deeper than that. That that's just oh, yeah. the, the head of the head of the the iceberg, and everything else is below the surface, right? You, like you know for a fact that. Um, that he's probably been saying that for years because he just casually said it, you mm-hmm. know. And if you casually say something like that, that means you probably believe it at work. Because mm, there work. was there was
2: another instance of that literally like a week after at a, a hockey game I think it was, and I think the broadcaster um, once again it was like on like a hot mic he used the n word. And yeah. once it's like if if you're just gonna say that if you're just if it's a Freudian slip, obviously you've been saying it before.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't come that easily to you unless you're comfortable saying those kinds of
0: right. things. Right. I mean, I want to. I want to speak a little bit to the word queer. Um, yeah, if you because, could actually. Yeah, uh, because we, it was predominantly used as a slur. Like, actually, at first, when it was first used in like Old English, it was meant to mean anything different. <laughs> like, oh, this is. I have a queer feeling about this today. You know, mm-hmm. people did take it to like mean like you are different for me and therefore bad. And so for a long time, that word kind of languished. But, but there were, there's a group of people that are like, this is not the word that just because it's used like that, this is not the the word that it means. Mm. And we can very easily take this back and repurpose it. And so they did. And now it's become kind of like, we, we, uh, I'm a queer person, you know, I, I use it as a sign of pride. It's like, yes, I'm proud of being that because I've taken this word out of your mouth and put it into mine, and I've taken all the negative connotation out of it by making it prideful, by saying, Mm I am, this is me, and I'm good with it, and I don't care if you're not, but that's me. Mm -hmm. I've taken the weight out, oh, from it.
3: I like that it's more inclusive, too. You know, I mean, we were talking in the last episodes about, um, you know, the LGBTQ and then I listed off, you know, another four or five, you know, letters that it still weren't complete. And, and, you know, and it it, it was this idea I was reading on one of the organizations was saying that they were going to switch to queer versus saying LGBTQ plus because they didn't want to exclude anyone that they weren't. You know, saying or say or you know, or saying that they were less important because they were in the plus, you know, and and uh, and it also avoided the binary, which is something that is really changing right now. With with uh, not wanting to necessarily say that in every single time you're you're referring to to gay people or queer people or whatever.
0: Yes, there there are many ways to identify, and all of them are valid. I want I want to for the listeners listening. However, you identify that's valid and you're a valid person and you should be proud of who you are and how you live. And also this is important too. Nothing is written in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you identify as today might be different from next week. And that's just as valid as it was a week before. That's totally fine because you are never finished as a person. No one is complete. Uh, no one will learn everything they need to learn. And, and how you identify at the moment is your proper, uh, identification and that will change probably some people won't some people like I am this this is what I am and I will always be that and that's totally great too but you you can't be afraid to be yourself you just can't because then you'll be living in fear the whole life and that's not
2: not worth it it's unfortunate too that so many of I guess specifically America's society is like the social norms are dictated through religion and for some people Mm -hmm. through religion it is concrete and so it's like the battle of that within our society has been just such an intense
0: debate for so long. Yeah. What's funny is that it's not all religions. <laughs> right. Know? No kidding. Right. My, my brother's wedding was in a, a church that behind me and that they didn't choose this venue for me. And my brother is not a queer person or is his new wife. There's this straight, but behind the, the, the podium, I don't know. I don't know what it's called altar. No, whatever. Yeah, the altar. Behind the altar, there was a rainbow-colored light stream. Oh, nice! And, and their 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 big thing is be yourself. And they have a, a rainbow flag on their on their uh, logo masthead, and it's like this is a religious organization that has said, "Hey, as long as you are being you, then you're you're cool. Great, I'm for that." <laughs> you know? and, and that's how it should be.
3: Yeah, well, and also you know I think a lot of people that think that that being queer is against a religion, you know, don't fully understand the, a lot of the subtleties um, within their religion that, that have been misinterpreted over, over, you know, last few centuries, especially Um, something that we're we're definitely going to get into that in one of these episodes um, a little bit more particularly, but, you know, if you're somebody out there who's, you know, that your, your main, problem with queer people is that you know your religion supposedly says it's wrong you know there is a lot of disagreement about that within the religious religious community mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that that's being that's being changed um slowly but it is being changed
0: yeah i'm not a religious person so i can't speak to the religious side of this but um but i will say that like yeah i'm happy that people are taking taking strides to be more inclusive um in across the board and not just not just in the in the Protestant religions, but like in all religions, like um, J- Judaism is making steps. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of Buddhism has always been pretty open to people's gender, which is kind of nice. Um, but like you're seeing it more and more uh, across the board. And that's really bringing us together, because I kind of think the whole point of this all is just to you know make, make us be happy people and human beings
3: you know i love the idea of of social change happening say within religions or within uh, government or even private companies um because of the need of of the of the changing feeling in the general public i think that's a like that's that's a really cool thing that things adapt and change as they need to um you know so that is a, is a really good segue i wanted to get to um the whole um, Charlotte, North Carolina bathroom law. And something I actually didn't know about that, I guess maybe just to put it in context for people who don't know, um, back in 2016, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, the city added LGBT protections uh, to the non-discrimination policy that granted people to choose a restroom for which their gender identity matched um, rather than their assigned sex um, on their birth certificate. Uh, just a month later North Carolina General Assembly passed like an emergency house bill uh house bill 2 dubbed the bathroom bill that uh that that undid those protections um said that you, that a, and 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 even went further prohibiting local governments within uh, the state of North Carolina from ever again enacting local non-discrimination laws. So so not only, so the, the people that put this in were, were locals to Charlotte. They were trying to make Charlotte match the other big cities in the country that had put in a lot of uh, non-discriminatory policies. Um, and what happened, at least initially, um, was the exact opposite, and the state of North Carolina actually regressed to specifically say that local governments couldn't protect those people. Um, thankfully, skip ahead, that actually changed um, after the governor law that did that lost re-election, um, and um, and, uh, and and a new governor came in. Um, but uh, getting back to the sort of the segue i was I was doing like with what we were talking about before, um, the reason that that the law got overturned eventually was because North Carolina started losing billions, billions with a b of <laughs> dollars um from various different private companies that were pulling out of um, their events that were supposed to happen in North Carolina to go to a place that was that actually had more protections for queer people um and and i just this this like this it's not exactly a settled you know um debate or you know there's there's really the 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 law didn't actually make it possible for people to choose their own um their own restrooms uh, depending on on their gender identity um but it did at least undo the mandate that local cities uh couldn't keep making those laws yeah um, and yeah go ahead
0: i would say bathroom bills in general are are all based on this flawed idea and actually jk rowling does talk about this in her manifesto i guess we'll call it um whereas like the the goal is to keep people in their their assigned sexual bathrooms because if you let them go into another bathroom they will do things that they shouldn't be doing to the people that are in there. Uh, I essentially like afraid that like, if I let a person that was assigned male at birth go into a women's restroom, they're just going to go in there and rape all the women. That's really what it kind of boils down to, you know, or they're going to assault all the women which there's flawed logic for two reasons. One, if I'm going to a bathroom, I'm going in there to go to the bathroom and then I'm going to make fix my makeup and I'm going to get the heck out of there cuz bathroom smell and I don't want to be in there, right? <laughs> it's it's there for a purpose. But also the other flawed logic is and I don't I don't want to be crass, but I I kind of will to make a point. Um there's no like passcode lock on those bathroom doors, right? Like if someone's going to if someone's going to be in a bathroom with the intention of assault or rape, regardless of how they're dressing, they're just going to go do it. And I think the better option for them would be to make laws that make sentencing for rape harsher, uh, because then the, then the penalty is stronger than than oh I'm going to prote- make this fake protection that isn't really lowering any numbers and it's just inconveniencing a population of people specifically because I feel better because I did it. That's horrid you know it, it makes absolutely no sense there's nothing backing it scientifically there's nothing bad backing it statistically um also uh, it's just like it doesn't make any sense for someone like, i'm gonna dress up like the opposite gender of what i am specifically so i can go into a room and assault someone that doesn't happen mm-hmm. the assaults, the majority of assaults happen by people that are not transgender <laughs> you know mm-hmm. they're gonna happen outside of the bathroom area they're gonna happen in terrible areas and i'm not condoning those acts but i'm also saying that like that's not ha- it doesn't happen there's no proof that it has- happens it's just an idea of like you're you're saying that this could happen in the future so i'm making a terrible law specifically for this when this... And ignoring the fact that like i'm oh, sorry but like i ignore the fact that Guys like the, the, the Stanford swimmer got like three months mm-hmm. for raping somebody when they they clearly did it. There's evidence that they have uh, witnesses. And it's just because, oh, I don't want to ruin that person's life. So I'm not going to do it. Well, what about the victim's life? OK, I'm going out to a <laughs> <happy. laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm very fired up about this particular topic. But it doesn't happen. And those bills are based on something that doesn't happen. And that's why they're flawed. And that's why they need to be thrown out completely until such time as you can actually prove it. Which I know you can't. because Real quick,
3: no I, I think I got something backwards. The the 2019 update to the law. I just want to read it, just so I, I don't mess it up again. It says a federal judge in North Carolina approved a settlement on Tuesday that prohibit, or on 2019, um, that that prohibits the the state government from banning transgender people from using bathrooms in state buildings that match their gender identity, ending a year longs battle mm-hmm. um, that prompted a divisive cultural debate. That settlement proposed by civil rights groups and governor, the new governor that won, um, I believe, was, yeah, Democrat, Roy Cooper, um, could also end a lawsuit uh, challenging the constitutionality of two bathroom bills that thrust North Carolina into the epicenter of the nation's culture wars. Um, and then the other thing it says is left unresolved, and this is the part I really got wrong, um, however, was a part of the lawsuit challenging a moratorium on local anti-discrimination ordinances um, quote, it feels like a consolation prize, said Joaquin Carcano, a transgender <laughs> man um, and the lead plaintiff in the case, saying legally we can 't we can 't be punished under these laws, but the res- this resolution doesn 't provide safety or peace of mind when we can still be fired for who we are
0: exactly, which is the worst thing it's
1: kind which- of like a About on our last episode of, yes, we sort of sometimes make these laws that say you can't discriminate, but then we have, you know, um, states like Texas, which is uh, at will employment. So, well, we didn't fire you for being gay or for being transgender. We fired you because you didn't shut the door we wanted you to. Like, yeah, it's
3: It's simply (laughs) failed. I mean, and just to cover, I mean, you know, I, I always I always say like like or like in or at least in these episodes, you know, I don't want to just speak to the queer choir is what I call them. You know, like I actually want people who are not convinced to listen to the show, too, and change their mind. Um, You know, what would you say, Holly, to somebody who feels uncomfortable with this? And, you know, if they were in a restroom where a, a, where they thought a transgender person was coming into and they you know, it's, you say it was a woman that, you know, a, a um, born woman. Oh, excuse me, born female, um, uh, you, know, yeah, say,
4: female.
0: <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm
3: there. getting there. I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> um, uh,
0: uh, Amap the, and AFAB are like the, yeah.
3: Well, I guess that part's not super important, but the, right. the, it, basically just the question is, what if they saw a trans person they felt uncomfortable? What would you say to somebody like that?
0: I would implore them to think of the alternative. Um, let's say there's some, there's in the transgender community, there's a a thing that's called passing, um, which is not necessarily a requirement for being trans, but essentially it's the point where like someone, like you mentioned earlier, that three second evaluation or someone, a three second evaluates Mm -hmm. you and goes, Oh, and let's say you're a a trans woman. They do that and they go, Oh, you're a woman. Then you're officially at that point, at least in that kind of instance, passing, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm a passing trans woman. And I legally can't go into the women's restroom. I then if I have to go to the bathroom, I have to go in the men's room. And if I'm going to the men's room and I'm a I'm a woman in the men's room and I look like a woman and I act like a woman and I am a woman, and there's someone in there that doesn't agree that a woman should be in the bathroom, guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna yeah, get yeah. assaulted. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get killed. So like, if if the alternative is you being a little bit uncomfortable, which I'm happy to talk to you about. Versus me dying, think mm-hmm. of that. Like, mm-hmm. think, think of that alternative uh, option because that scenario is more likely to happen because that scenario is based on fact. That scenario is based on experience and evidence. And I'm sorry, Gretchen, that you don't like that I'm putting on my makeup shade right next to you, and I washed my hands next to you, or I peed in a stall that you can't see, but that's just the way it is. And honestly, too. Do you even know if the person in the stall next to you is trans? Oh yeah, Peace. No. no, like, right? I guarantee you. I promise. I you. looking at them, every person that's used a women's restroom has, whether they're trans or not, has uh, gone to the bathroom in a stall next to a person that is trans in their lifetime. I'm huh? willing to put money on it, unless they don't use public bathrooms, and that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, you know, like, you just you won't know. You won't know until until you try to do something weird to ask and like peek under a door which is also assault <laughs> you know to find out this whole
2: so, bathroom conversation yeah. brings up a memory that i had i think it was in like 3rd grade and um we were doing like hand painting or whatever and right across from my 3rd grade classroom right across the hall was the girls bathroom and then a little ways down was the boys bathroom and the girls bathroom was bright pink and Everything was pink, and the boys' bathroom was blue, and there were sharks painted on the wall. It was honestly, a great bathroom. Um, yeah. And it was very like they had these huge trough style urinals in the boys' bathroom, and one, and the girls' bathroom was so neat and clean and whatnot. And I remember my teacher was like, You know, go wash your hands in the bathroom, and she didn't like she, we had to be quick or whatever. And she's like, Go into the girls' bathroom. And I remember as a third grader, I was like, well, it's, that's the girl's bathroom. I can't, you know, I can't go wash my hands in the girl's bathroom. And I made a fuss about it because I'm like that, you know, I'm a boy. Like I go, you know, I don't go in the girl's bathroom. And, and that, like, ultimately I went to the girl's bathroom and, you know, wash was my hands fine, right? <laughs> and I turned out fine. Like nothing, you know, I didn't, I didn't get cooties, uh, but yeah. it was, you know, we talk about how like, it's just cemented into us, into society from a young age and just talking about, you know, this bathroom conversation, brought back that memory that i hadn't thought about in a while
0: we we as trans people are just as afraid to go into that restroom and use it as you are that we're going into it
4: Mm -hmm. maybe more
0: so like if i want to go to a bathroom in a public place that only has gendered bathrooms i'm probably just not going to go because i don't want to deal with it you know i'd rather have a little bit of uncomfort and then go at home and try to force my way into a bathroom where I know there's going to be a bad situation and a conversation I don't want to be in. And that sucks friends. That's the worst, but like, it's the truth. Like there are many, many people like me that are just the same way as like, if it's not a dire situation and I can hold it a little bit, or I know that there's a place like a Starbucks down the street that has a, a unigender bathroom. I'll wait. I'll wait for that. And that's what needs to change. That's the, that's the thing that people need to think about for us to answer your question. People need to think about just how afraid we are to be in there and do a basic biological function. It's a human right? thing. It's a human thing. We all do it. We all have some form of both parts that will need everybody to poops,
4: everybody poops. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so just let us, let us do it and get out and then, you know, go enjoy your, your steak dinner and have fun, like whatever
3: This is my last question, um, that I, that I think we've covered almost everything else, but Mm -hmm. I I don't I want to speak for, for everyone, but this is my last question. Um, so being a woman, how much, how much does the sort of gender societally expected roles play into who you are? Like, you know, I remember you saying earlier that, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll, you know, you'll dress more feminine to make it clearer, you know, but, but, there's no, there's nothing that says that necessarily a woman has to be feminine or a woman has to be, you know, wear pink or, you know, all these different things. Like how much does that actually play into, into your life now that, that, you know, you are presenting being a woman? Like, is there more pressure to be more feminine or do you pull that back because you just want to be your version of a woman? Just like like anybody would.
0: Yeah. I'll say this. There is absolutely no whatsoever necessary reason for, Following gender norms as a woman, I could go into my closet, grab some of those old male clothes that I have, not shave for three days, go out on the street. And guess what? Still a woman. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm still me. I just happen to like feminine things. Like, I like pink things and I like dresses and I like makeup and I like hair that are your traditional, stereotypical female things because I enjoy them. And that's my personal preference, but like there's no requirement that I absolutely have to. Um, I will say that like I don't like being called sir. And so if I can find some way to get you to not call me that, then I'll probably end up doing it because you calling me ma'am or miss makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So that helps. But in terms of a requirement, no, not at all. And there are okay. tons of, tons of women out there that are, that will, their day to day is like black t shirts and jeans, pair yeah. of Doc Martens, short haircut, and they're just as valid as women as I am. They're just or or just as valid as, as human beings. You know, they they are who they are, and that's how their their style is. And I support that. You know, I just like pretty things. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I, I ha- I'm a cosplayer uh, on the side, and I I've started to do cosplays that are traditionally female cosplays because I, I can I could have done it before. But I, I I'm more open to do them now, and I have a full Sailor Mercury cosplay, like ready to cool. go. As soon as over, I'm rocking <laughs> that thing. I don't even care. I've been building it for like seven or eight months. That's so and, awesome. Like, and like honestly, if one of my if one of my really good cis guy friends was like, you know what, I kind of want to do Sailor Mars. Dope. Let's do it. No. <laughs> I'll you up. Let's go. <laughs> you know. I, I I support you. You know. Let's get. Let's do it.
2: what um you know bringing up cosplay what kind of involvement does that have in the trans community
0: you know it's cosplay is big for trans people because it's always kind of been our way to express any any way you have like cosplay or halloween that lets you express your true gender without someone talking about you or or it makes you feel safe you're gonna do it right so like even before I came out, like I did about three or four years ago, I did Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim as a cosplay. Like I went to Long Beach Comic Con and I was there, and I wasn't—I was not out at that point, or even really acknowledging it at that point. But I just kind of wanted to wear it, and it felt good. Like it felt awesome, and and I, I wasn't alone, and there were lots of people around me that were doing the same exact thing. And you realize at that point that it's safe, and it's it's a safe activity where I can be myself. And then you hold on to that. Uh, a trans person's favorite ho- ho- holiday is Halloween. Like we, we love it, you know, cause we, um, I guarantee you if you talk to a trans woman, I don't want to guarantee it, but like a large percent of them are like, yeah, one Halloween I went as a girl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not a costume. but it just was, I get to do this and you're not going to make fun of me. or You're not right. going to like be EF about it. Cool. I'm going to do it. You know? So it's a way for us to explore. It's a way for us to, to be creative and, and explore and, also a way for us to show that we love a thing, mm-hmm. you know, I love Sailor Moon, so I'm going to do Sailor Mercury. Cool. you yeah. know. Kara, do you I have any more questions?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess I just want to know, know, Holly, what can, what can the average layman do? And then what also just needs to happen in our country? And I know this is a very, I'm making it simplistic, but what do you think to help make um, the trans community feel they uncomfortable. What what can we do that you don't have to look over your shoulder when they're going outside?
0: There's one thing you can definitely do, um, and I don't think I said it in this episode, but I really want to say it. Is like if you are a person that is not a trans person, but you support and you see something going down, step in, say something, be active. Don't let it pass because if you let it pass, you're casually condoning it. You know, if you hear two people talking about a trans person and they're not there and you're hispanic, if you don't say something, you're complicit in that you know he shows you believe it so take the be the be the bolder person be like yo that's not cool guys i'm seeing very california right now I'm like <laughs> dude, that's not cool bro dude um, <laughs> you know, but like, but like make it make it a point to like make it normal to be trans and also make it so it's like there's a stigma behind being uh, anti-trans you know where people feel bad about it you know because that will that will change things quickly. If if someone doesn't want to lose their social status, if they feel that and they feel like oh, I'm being an asshole to a trans person is going to make me lose a face, they're going to stop doing it because they don't, They're only doing it. A lot of people are only doing it because they think it's going to make you look cool to other people, which is the bully mentality. It's terrible, but it happens. So step in there, say something. Find if you have trans friends, be friends with them, talk to them. Like Be be supportive of what they're doing. I have so many great friends uh, that have been my support. Um, people that aren't trans, they're cis people, but they've they treated me as I want to be treated and I love them and I feel so great that they are with me in my corner because I know that for every one jerk, there's 300 people are like, let's go. And, <laughs> that, and that number keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, Kara to answer your question, the only thing that really you should do, stand up for somebody that wants to be who they are. Stand up for the truth and keep doing it.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah.
2: righty, folks. I think that'll well do heard. it for, uh, for the episode, huh? Whose gender is it anyway? Perspectives from Holly Megan Scott. Um, is there anything before we go off, anything you would like to say before we go and anything you would like to plug
0: as well? Uh, yeah, I want to... Th- I want to thank you all for having me on the show. I want to thank y'all. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, of uh, course, for, for having me on the show. I I really appreciate uh, you giving a voice to people that that um, are out there in the communities and and I I'm still fairly new in the community too. I want to. Uh, Dalen knows I only started transitioning like a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. really. Um, although I've been transitioning my entire life, I've only been medically, socially uh, medically transitioning for about right. seven months. Um, but like, thank you for thank you for stepping up and, and letting us have a voice because that's important. Um, in terms of things to plug, I mean, definitely check out anything Whalen Productions has. Um, all the We Are Live series is all available. And that's in the original one, which is a story of survival. There's lockdown. There's Gold Rush. Descendants coming soon. Um, and then that's the main thing I want to plug. I I mean, I have an app in the App Store, but it's not out yet. But it's uh, <laughs> coming soon. So if you see Game Apart out there which is a, a gaming app for playing board games over zoom. Check zoom. it out. Oh God,
1: when
2: that that's comes awesome. out, let us know and we'll yeah. make an announcement for you. Yeah, I totally will.
1: Can you sell that it for us? That's like my literally unrecognized dream. <laughs>
0: <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: we board games and now I can play them on zoom. Yeah.
0: We, we have fully created it now. It's actually out on the Android store, but, um, but yeah, we're we fully created the point where the first two games we have are um, like a version of Cards Against Humanity that uses gifts, and a game called right. uh, The Word, which is based on a game called Just One. Um, Taboo is coming soon. Heads Up <laughs> is coming soon. We're yeah. talking today about doing like a like an Uno type game. Or, like we're just trying to get all these party games out there.
2: That's awesome. Um,
0: and they make it so that you don't have to like pay for like thirty dollars for a group of six not calling jackbox out but you kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, and have it be so laggy that you can't play it over with friends mm-hmm. we're just trying to make it make it better so that's that's my other project that i work on um, weekly and and that's coming very soon. we're in the app store getting approval right now so wow. could be it by the end of the week hopefully we have it so gameapart.com if you want more information on that
2: Well, uh, Holly, thanks for joining us. It was a wonderful conversation. You know, like you said, you haven't been part of the community outright for very long, but your knowledge
0: was incredible. Thank you. I've been studying it for 38 years.
2: (laughs) Well, we appreciate you. Uh, We'll keep in contact. I'll let you know when this episode comes out. It'll probably be in a few weeks or so. Um, (laughs) But... We'll keep in touch and let you know what's going on with it. So we appreciate you joining us, though.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thank everyone. Awesome. So much. Thanks, Holly.
2: All right. What a great conversation. That was fantastic. Absolutely. How are you all feeling after that?
3: That was so, like, educational and, and, you know, Holly, she's a delight, really.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I know, you know, from time to time, she would get a little fired up, and rightfully so. Like, it's a topic that is so important to so many people and it really doesn't get properly talked about.
1: No. And I think it's like, it's so great that she can do that now because I feel like a lot of people it's like, it is scary and it is scary to speak out about it. So it's just so great to hear someone so empowered and just say that's an important representation.
2: Um, That will do it for today's episode. Uh, whose gender is it anyway? Perspectives from... Holly Megan Scott, uh, coming up, we will have a uh, conversation um, with uh, one of Curtis's friends, Zan. Correct?
3: Yeah, it's going to be an absolutely amazing conversation. We're going to continue uh, talking about the trans movement um, and uh, and 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 kind of where where it's going from here. Um, Zan is an activist, and uh, we're we're really excited to have them.
2: And then following our episodes on the trans movement, we're going to be continuing our conversation of whose gender is it anyways. And we're going to go further in episode 13 into gender expression and drag, actually, with another one of Curtis's friends, Storm, right?
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: So, yeah, that'll do it. Um, if you all want to uh, chat us up about any of this stuff, anything that we brought up that you know we should correct, anything you want us to talk about further, anything that interested you, you can shoot us an email at pwbnetwork at gmail.com as always check out the website at podcastwithoutborders.com uh you can find us on facebook and instagram both podcasts without borders uh curtis Kara, anything y'all want to plug before we go
3: yeah um i wanted to make sure that i mentioned a couple of times uh the nola drag tours um that's a uh a a walking drag tour you can actually do of the city of new Orleans if you're there. And now that, uh, COVID has made that a little harder for the next few months, they also do a, uh, online version of it that you can learn about, um, the queer movement, the trans movement, um, uh, women of, of history, um, particularly, um, important women to the new Orleans, uh, queer movement, uh, and, uh, and a lot of, just history that you don't get in the in in the official books because you know a lot of it was kind of uh censored or uh or or written to make it seem like uh the queer people weren't that important and so uh, uh nola drag tours is undoing that and it was incredibly engaging when i when i did the tour in person and i highly recommend um checking that out nola drag tours
2: awesome check it out everybody kara anything that you want to throw out to the world
1: not today but um, great episode, guys. Um, y'all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we will uh, talk to y'all next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Social Discord, part of the Podcast Without Borders Network. You can get a hold of us by sending us an email at pwbnetwork at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at podcastwithoutborders.com. Thanks for listening.